0: to empower Dash 2021 my name is Ashton turner and i am your podcast host who is a domestic violence survivor and is here to empower you to say fuck you to your adversity and go from being a survivor of your life to thriving in your life so let's get straight into this shit just want to remind you i do have a bit of a potty mouth as you can tell just by my intro so if you do have kitties around i apologize in advance this is probably not appropriate for their ears but you're welcome. This week's episode is an empowering conversation with a guest of mine who is here to share their story, their journey, their empowering topic to help you change your life, empower yourself, put a fire in your belly to kick ass and thrive in life. So let's get straight into it. Well, we'll kick it off. So thank you so much for um, accepting my invitation, um, Grant, or Grant, as we were just talking about before, whatever your preference is. Honestly, I think your story is going to be powerful. And the reason I say that is we all go through adversity um, and we all go through the same sort of changes and we all go through the ups and the downs. So it would be great to hear from your perspective, your journey, your adversity, and how you've really truly used it as fire in your belly to develop your career and within your sort of personal life. So the first question I do want to ask you is just to take us back in time uh, with your journey, your adversity, and how you made it through your your career and everything like that.
1: Sure. Good morning, Ash. Um, good to see you again. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think that this in relation to my adversity and my relationship with adversity because I think we all have different relationships with adversity actually um, really goes back to the time I'm a Sydney boy um, I was born I was oh, I was adopted as a young as a young child um, and so was my brother um, so we yeah, we're very fortunate to land in a, in a loving family hard hardworking family to people who couldn't have kids. Uh, so my, my parents were amazing people. Um, but we lost our mum when, when I was nine years old, um, and you know my dad had to transform into something he didn't want to be as a very young man, a single father, and a sole provider. Um, you know, and looking after us as well as he could, and I never, I never saw him with another woman. And, you know, all that time up until he died in two thousand three. So I think that sort of the, that type of adversity shapes you. Um, You become independent younger. You become everything you need to be younger. Um, You need to take some responsibility for yourself. And we didn't have a a huge circle of support around us at that time. So my dad was a very, uh, what I call a reclusive man. But uh, when I look back on it in reflection, it was because he wanted to sacrifice everything for us. So it's that that sort of part of adversity and that you know initial part of my story, um, you know, was linked to adversity and losing my mum, and that definitely shaped me. And you know, as, you know, as 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 I as I moved forward, um, went through high school and became a teacher, and um, you know, I didn't do, I didn't do well at school, so I had to I had to bounce back from not doing well at school um, and make some, really make some conscious choices about being a better version of myself. Um, and that's ultimately, I think, what a lot of this stuff boils down to, um, consciously making some decisions about what your priorities are and where your priorities lay, and, and being the best version of yourself that you possibly can because, you know, ultimately, um, you control your own destiny in most in most respects. So you've got to take control of it. And, you know, and I, and I sort of taught for six or seven years and I thought, yeah, well, this is not – this is – just not quite enough so I wanted to go and explore and see the world a bit and so from there I basically lived overseas for 15 years and, and got married to a beautiful woman that I'm still married to now Claire she's an English girl um, and you know and I think that what we forget is that um, adversity is part of is a natural part of life it's a natural cycle in life that you know sometimes we have highs sometimes we have lows I remember you know looking looking back at different things, losing my cousin to suicide and, um, uh, you know, getting, getting sucked is, you know, moving your whole family to the other side of the world and getting sacked after a year when you think it's a, a long-term opportunity. Uh, you know, there's always adversity in your life. Um, and I think that, you know, your relationship with it and how you cope with it, how you make conscious choices to rebuild or keep evolving is probably one I'm what i'm I'm suggesting is the key is that it's the constant evolution and the continuous improvement that really allows you to keep coming out the other side um and then often we have you know at any particular time in our life we have a context that's different we have the circle of friends that are important to us then and there that that help us um we have an environment around us that either serves us or it doesn't serve us as well as it needs to so we make you know Really clear decisions around that. So for me, adversity is really about that relationship we have with it, uh, how we take control of our own actions to to get through the other side, or to see the light at the end of the tunnel, or even have the courage at sometimes to re- and reimagine our possibilities and reinvent ourselves. Um, and that's something I've had to do in the last sort of five to five years, definitely. Um, so a lot of it comes down to the courage to to see that best possible version of yourself. In that worst possible moment, and, and you know, so that's that's my sort of uh, take on it on adversity. But I think that at the end of the day, really, it's about your choices, and then the energy that you give yourself and the people that you have around you that support you through those times of adversity.
0: Powerful, and I agree with everything that you've just said, especially when you were talking about re-evolving. And this is where other people have different opinions. You go, oh, you're always chopping and, uh, chopping and changing. You don't know what you want. Like, who are you? And I'm like, well, I'm transforming. I'm getting clearer with who I want to be. It's not about I don't know who I am. I'm figuring it out along the way.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I, I think that um, the more I reflect on this, I, I don't think we're meant to have all the answers. Um, you know, there's an expectation out there that we're probably a little bit clearer at particular times in our lives than others of, of what we want and who we are. But we, as you have just said, we are consistently evolving the new normal is that change, is, change is, is the only constant in our lives. So we've got to be good at it. You know, so you know, having a, a positive outlook on life and seeing the good versus seeing the bad and seeing the potential versus the adversity, setting the potential versus the, the chaos and the challenge in any opportunity to change is really you controlling your mindset and really setting yourself up for an opportunity to succeed versus an opportunity to fail potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work really hard on having a positive mindset and looking for the good in stuff um, and looking for the good in yourself and celebrating the good in yourself. You know, we don't all have superpowers, but we're good at stuff. So, and if you're passionate about it and you're good at it, try to do it more, you know, Uh, try to do it more so you're having that positive, you know, that positive feeling of of reassurance and and identity building that is consistently going on in you Um, because you're always going to have that conversation going on with yourself at any particular time of your life, the devil versus the angel on one shoulder and the voice that you feed will be the voice that you hear the loudest. Um, so, we feed that with our thoughts. Um, so, yeah, that's my perspective. That's my perspective on that. I love that.
0: But take us back. So, this is you today. This is your perspective. You've learned a lot from it. How did you get yourself there? Like, it's hard, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. You've got to put in the work. So, how did you kick off, your, I guess, your personal development journey to become more mindful um, and to make those more conscious choices?
1: I think, yeah, I I mean, what I did, Ash, is I I kept looking for more. I kept thinking that, you know, I can can do more. And if I want to do more, I need to be different. I need to have uh, a wider range of skill sets. I need to be more emotionally connected to the people that I'm with. I need to be... Uh, really conscious that every moment that I have with a team or with a, in front of a person matters. So i worked hard on building relationships of trust, um, you know, banging banging doors down and sticking my foot in the door as soon as it was, as it was wedged open and, and working really hard to leverage those doors open through the things that I did. So the conscious choices that I made to reinforce the key relationships in my life that were giving me opportunity is, is what I'd potentially say to that. And then really working hard on making sure that people could see what I stood for. They could see my identity, they could see the value set that I lived by. Um, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I've got a very strong value set. I'm proud that most of the people that I would, would have worked with over a twenty-year period. Would say, yeah, Grant's a really good guys. He's, he's a salt of the earth type guy. Um, he gives you everything he's got, and you know he he works he works hard to build relationships, and people matter to him. Um, that you know, that would be a great reflection of of, of anybody's contribution. So. At the end of the at the end of the day I think that what you've got to consistently do, you've got to care about your and this is a quote the quote I'll share later, I might share it now. Um, that nobody cares about your success more than you do. So, you know, you've gotta you've gotta do stuff that builds the path for yourself. You know, nobody's gonna build it for you. So really owning your own journey and taking responsibility. I think for the key relationships that can help you on that journey um, is, is, is really how I see that.
0: I love that quote as well. If people can't see my face during the podcast, but my face lit up with that one. I love that. A key message that you were saying throughout that, I think is around your comfort zone and pushing yourself. Um because you don't want to stay in the same spot. And as you said, if you want a successful life, you've got to put in the work and you've got to do it. No one's going to give it to you kind of thing. No one's going to change Mm. your life. So what are your tips for people and from your own personal experience about getting yourself out of the comfort zone, but also knowing the signs when you should get out Mm. of the comfort zone? Yeah,
1: that's a really good question, Ash. I'm I'm still learning that, I think. Um, I think what part of it is, Part of this is being, is being a curious learner mm-hmm. um, and I'm a, I'm a teacher and you know, I, I was a, a passionate uh, educator when I was a young man, I was a, I taught physical education and health and I actually really found that an exceptional career because you could impact the, the health the health and well-being of young Australians at that time um, and help them find a, a bit of a relationship with health and well-being and why it was important for them. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what you've got to, what you've got to consistently do is grow, evolve, learn and be, and turn yourself into what you need to be in that next chapter of your life or at least start um, transforming yourself into what that next chapter of your life could look like and the different skills you're going to need, need to, to have, the, the different relationships that you're going to need to have potentially understanding what the what the complexities and the challenges are and really then identify see, you know, how you know when you need to change. Well, you've got to trust your gut, I think, a lot um, in relation to that. You know, I'm a, I'm a big believer is that it'll either feel right or it won't um, because I'm a, I'm, a, like, I'm a strong values-based person. So if it's not in line with my values, I won't do it. You know, I'm really conscious now about choosing people I work with. I will work with people who I don't think have a similar value set to me. Um, and when I say that, it's it's not complex. You know, it's it's about integrity, authenticity, and and doing the right thing. Um, and I think that those potentially some of those what people may consider them old school values. Still have new new world impact. So old school values, new world impact. I think is is uh, massive. Um, and then you'll recognise that there's opportunities to pivot or or potentially change your approach that create a new path for you. And then you sort of start thinking to yourself, well, actually, okay, I can I can do this. I can transform myself into a different thing or or a, or. Um, open new doors for myself in terms of a, a transformational opportunity or a, a potential new path. As long as I'm curious and I'm consistently looking outside that comfort zone, because inside your inside your comfort zone, you know, uh, clearly from the terminology, there's comfort, there's security. You know, if you're really, um, if if you if you're really, you know, vulnerable outside that space, the only way you get better at it is by taking yourself there occasionally. Um, you know, so you've got to challenge yourself to take yourself there. And if you can't take yourself there, you've got to get people around you who will. Um, so I think having the right types of people around you who can challenge, um, you know, positively, uh, and who can really get the best out of you, um, has been a key part of, it's been a key part of my journey into that, you know, that, that sort of curiosity to get myself outside the comfort zone.
0: I love that. And something that real, I really picked up on then is, yes, you have to challenge yourself to get out of your comfort zone, but sometimes there will be setbacks. There will be failures. There will be rejection and all that sort of stuff. So can yeah. you take us through that journey and that, you know, that experience as well? How do you go through that?
1: Yeah, and I think that you know I've been fortunate enough to work in um, high-performance sports environments for more than 20 years. So the one thing that you learn, the more experience you get, the more times you fail. Um, And you know, people are often uh, reluctant to share their failures, uh, but I'm really comfortable sharing my failures, and, and, and failure is actually part of my development. And it's my I think it's my really positive relationship with failure that stimulates my growth because i don't see i don't see failure as a bad thing i see failure as an opportunity i see failure and embrace failure as an opportunity to learn grow develop um potentially identify uh, gaps in my skill set that i need to address and, and look at opportunity so i think about failure as okay well right now this is the version of me and that failure has allowed me to be a become aware of and consciously uh, take steps towards being a better version of myself. So, you know, that, that relationship with failure, I think is huge. And I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people I talk to right now, that's the starting conversation I would have here. What's your relationship with failure? Like, you know, how do you, how do you see failure in relation to your learning, your growing, your evolving Um, and how do we improve that relationship with failure? And I think, you know, Organisations have a lot to have a lot to be held accountable for in relation to that how they package how they package their messaging up around feedback and around positive positive messaging around relationships with failure growth and continuous improvement.
0: Hundred percent. And as you said it quite similar to me, I don't see failure as a failure, I see it as redirection or opening mm-hmm. my eyes. So if one door did not open, that was not the right door for me. I have to, you know, turn around and look behind me and there might be another door there, which I think is great. And I love that you said that curious mind and being more in touch, I guess, being more vulnerable and being courageous, like showing up and embracing that. So I want you to talk to you about that as, you know, society says, oh, being vulnerable, how dare we show our emotions and stuff like that, especially when it comes to men. As well, mm. which I absolutely hate, because I always no. teach my son to be in touch with that. It's no such thing as masculine and femininity, and if you are feminine, you know, as a male, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's you're just expressing. You're more in touch with your sort of feelings and stuff like that. But mm. with with that saying that, what's your perspective or tips for men in particular to? Embrace their vulnerability and see it as courage and being brave and showing up.
1: Yeah, I know that vulnerability is. I mean, vulnerability has potentially become one of the buzzwords in modern culture um, and modern leadership. And I couldn't agree more that I think it has. It's it's got a part to play in in terms of being able to share. I think the the thing that I love about leaders who can be vulnerable is it, it tells me more about them as a person it tells me it gives me a, a direct connection with their context with their um, you know moment, with their key moments of adversity which allows me to connect with them on a more intimate level which with so it strengthens our bonds mm-hmm. So, I think that vulnerability does one amazing thing. It strengthens our bonds and it, and it creates that empathetic mind where, okay, I'm walking in the footsteps of this person and they're really, you know, they're really putting their, laying their heart out there for me to to share with them. Okay. So, my, my take on vulnerability is yes, that's great, that's amazing, but it's really the empathy. And the care that you build in that connection with the listener, then, or, or with the with the team, that then allows it to go to another level. So, what happens after that vulnerable moment of sharing? Now, what does it look like next? Okay, so then we've got to create the opportunities to build those connections, to build those um, relationships, so that they become stronger. So we're a, a more united team. Whatever whatever the the key message behind that vulnerable share has been that we then capture that with some actions moving forward so we can actually enhance the team with tangible things that can um help the team get better so i think that that's why most leaders will share their vulnerabilities because they know that the impact of that sharing um is really positive I'm, i'm a massive believer that Range is one of the things that we don't explore enough as a, as a leader. So I've got to be able to be really vulnerable at one moment and I've got to be able to be at other moments I've going to be really autocratic. So it depends it depends on what the moment is, what the context is, what, what my team needs um, at any particular time in relation to my skill set that allows me to have that range that can best serve the team. Um, so I work hard on I work hard on developing a range that best serves my team. And it, and it could be, you know, my philosophy is really clear. I, I've got to be um, as comfortable talking to the CEO as the cleaner, um, you know, and, and in the same way with the same identity, with the same authenticity. So that, um, you know, that relationship with vulnerability really critical. Um, I love the fact that we're embracing it, whether you're man, woman, transgender, whatever you are, I think there's a space for it um and let's get used to it because you know people want to get to know you on a, on a on a higher emotional level um and if you're not vulnerable you're not allowing that to happen and I think we're missing opportunities of of depth of connection if we if we're not you know, vulnerable when you when we need to
0: be I love that that was powerful one thing in particular around I guess connections is having the right people around you, I guess, connecting with the right people, making sure that they're there for Mm. the good reasons, they're not there for bad intentions and that. And I think your circle of influence is huge. And once I learned that the five people surrounding you are either Mm. the best reflection or the worst reflection, that really got me thinking. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. Like, how do you go about identifying people's, I guess, intentions, surrounding yourself with the right people, but also knowing when to cut them off if they're not there for your value-added purposes.
1: Yeah, interestingly enough, this is not one of my strong points because I see the good in everyone. Ah. Um, so my wife's much better at, that, at this than me. Um, so I think that's yeah, for me it's, it's allowing you um, – just allowing myself to create the moments of conversation that will get me, allow me to get to know somebody. You know, I, I think connections. I think connection really is about you know creating opportunities to get to know people on a different level, and then there'll either, there'll either be a natural bond or a natural attraction to that person, or common interests that will then develop that into something further, and then you. Probably get to the stage where you're starting, are starting to explore, and you're getting curious about value sets, intentions, uh, motivations. Um, you know, how you could potentially be a, a an ally of support versus a, an enemy. Uh, you know in, in, we're making all those decisions all the time, and sometimes people make those decisions pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. um you know when you first get to meet somebody you'll get a gut feel mm-hmm. of your relation of how your relationships going to develop with that person simply because of that initial uh, interaction um so i work really hard on making sure my initial interaction is powerful mm-hmm. um that i come across as really friendly i come across as really open i ask lots of questions um you know i'm really careful about the optometrist um, um radar that i have going on in my own head so it's not about in the conversation, it's not I, I, I. It's uh, really all about you know the other person getting to know them. Uh, so that's how I do it through through conversation and through you know it's time. Time will tell is, is my uh, take on that. Time will tell you know whether that person is going to develop into an ally or a, a trusted a trusted advisor um, or just a or just somebody who you'd like spending time with potentially. Yeah, and I'm not sure how many friends you've got. I'm not sure how many friends you think you need,
0: but I'm a big believer that I only need a couple. Me too. <laughs> I love that. I love that as well, and I was smiling throughout that because I say that a similar quote at work, true colours will show in time is normally what I say with particular people, and I'm pretty much pretty similar to your wife. I pick up on that. The energy, I know straight away that something's up, but I always allow myself just to just to watch and observe, mm. and their character will um, will come. And you're talking about I, which automatically for me goes to ego straight away. And you hear so many topics about this: is it good? Is it bad? And everything like that. What are your thoughts on the ego, and how do you, I guess, leverage it or manage it as well? Yeah,
1: yeah, and this is. And ego is something as well that we're, you know, we're, we're sp- spoken about hugely in modern leadership and the importance of it or the importance of lack of it, potentially. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter is everyone's got one. And everyone, and it doesn't matter what people say, everyone likes it to be fed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think what we've got to, first of all, we've got to acknowledge that yes, we do have one. And, and secondly, yes, that it's important that it gets fed in a certain way, but then you've just got to be, you've got to be aware enough of yourself. And I think self, uh, i mentioned self-awareness a couple of times, Ash, Um, your self-awareness around your ego is vital. So you've got to understand, you know, when your ego, when potentially your ego is overstepping a mark. And it's becoming a detriment to a relationship or it's becoming a detriment to uh, creating a platform or a foundation for a, a better relationship to evolve or develop. So you've got to recognise when your ego's getting in the way. And I think that, you know, as a coach, I learned really early uh, and often, you know, and the, and, the reason I, and the reason I think ego is so important now is we, because we're all measured, we, we want to measure everything now. Um, so the fact... That you know you're working in a corporate environment and your your ego is is directly attached to the way you're performing. Your performance directly is, is directly attached to the way you're measured. Your measurement is directly attached to the way you're you are promoted, paid and rewarded. So let's not forget that there's a really strong relationship that means that ego is going to have some place in the modern in the modern world. Um, uh, and as I've said before, I just think that. It, it needs to be managed. Um, it needs to be acknowledged that yes, it is. It is part of who we are and what we and, and what we do. Um, but I'm really care- I'm really careful to to make sure that I keep my I keep my ego in, in check. And um, it's and for me, it's more of the, it's become as I've evolved into a more mature leader. Um, it's become much more about the team versus me. Uh, and I'll sh- all I'll share with you is that if the team succeeds, I succeed, where previously it was probably the other way around. I felt that I had to succeed to, to have a successful team. So it's more that team serving my success versus my success serving the team. Mm-hmm. So I've just changed my relationship to ego a little bit.
0: I like, I like hearing your perspective because everyone has their opinion on that one. It's, a, yeah, it's an interesting topic, that's for sure, and I, I agree with you. There's a time and place for it, and I always say that because I said my ego helped me get out of domestic violence completely. Um, yeah. So thank goodness for that, but I've also learned to be more mindful of when it's popping up, and I'm like, okay, get back in your box kind of thing. And yeah. you talk about your, I guess, your self-awareness and mindfulness. So that, as I've said, it takes years and years and Every day, discipline, you have to be consistent and show up with it. So what's your yeah. morning, I guess, morning or afternoon type routine to have that mindful time with yourself to check in, to make sure that you're balanced and you're on track?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm a big believer. I mean, uh, mindfulness is is really become uh, something that we know can serve us and we know from the science, there's evidence based in the science that tells us that you know, moments of mindfulness, even minutes of mindfulness a day, can really strengthen those neural connections, which can help our relationship with anxiety, stress, um, and things like that. So, it couldn't it couldn't be more important right now? I mean, if you look at the challenges we're having with mental health and well-being, um, yeah, let's you know, let's charge down that road and make mindfulness a, a consistent part of the way we do things. But I'm a, I'm a big believer, and I've, I've I've actually taught a lot. On this uh, recently the last few years in the corporate space, um, about you know getting closer to that best version of yourself through a relationship of um, it starts it starts with you, it starts with a mindful you, it starts with a self-aware you. So self-awareness is really a foundation for that. And we know that mindfulness is hugely beneficial to building your tools that can help you be more self-aware because it brings you into the moment. And it allows you to feel and absorb and to uh, recognize what's going on in that moment more accurately than what you do if you're not so Mm self-aware. So, um, you know, I don't have any specific routines. I do do some mindfulness meditation occasionally, but I really use reflection moments Mm -hmm. and moments of pause. Um, And I also use moments of gratitude. So, moments of gratitude might be. I remember, I'll tell you, tell you a story. I remember five years ago, I was working. I've just come back from being sacked out of the siege, and this was a difficult moment in my life. And I was 50, and I was working 10 hours a day on a construction site, getting paid $17 an hour. And that's no respect to anybody who's getting paid $17 an hour. But I was, I was, I felt that there was a really difficult part of, time in of my life. But. I could consciously choose to have moments of of mindful gratitude during those days where I could walk past a group of guys who I would never spend time with normally, but I could notice their laughter, I could notice their connection, and I could get energised by that. I could, even if I was walking from one place on the job site to another with my my shovel over my shoulder, I could still feel the sun on my back and be grateful for that. And I could still make a choice in relation to how I turned up with my the attitude that I was going to have in relation to those moments so all those things I I think you know, mindfulness serves us to be, to be more present present moment aware and when we when we're more present moment aware we capture the good as well as acknowledge the bad um, so it's yeah so it's, uh, it's that relationship with that present moment we've, we've got to you know we've got to help people become more present moment aware because we're basically charging through life and we're missing a whole lot of stuff and our minds consistently taking us into the past or consistently projecting us into the future so how we can we allow us to have a slightly more no focus on the here and now and maximize the here and now because the here and now is really the only moment we can influence um so that's where I see, you know, that's where I see the power of mindfulness and just you know, in helping you nail that here and now moment. Uh, one, You know, basically what my philosophy is, you know, getting better one moment at a time.
0: I like that. That's powerful because, yeah, you're right. Everyone focuses either too much on the past and they allow the past to define them or they're so focused on the future they're not even recognising that they've got to work on the now to get there. They're too busy yeah. in their heads kind of thing. So I think there's definitely a balance as well with your personal development um, what type of books or podcasts have you listened to that you would recommend to people if they're just getting into it
1: um, yeah I think podcasts are a really personal thing um, and I'm reluctant to say listen to this listen to that but what I do say is there's so much there's so much great material out there just explore what you're passionate about you know I mean, type up type in the couple of things you're really passionate about and you want to learn about you're curious about and start to explore it and go on a bit of a journey for yourself um, mm-hmm. so I listen to stuff like team guru I listen to I listen to stuff like uh, HBR the HBR so it's like the uh, uh, hard hub, 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 uh, hub Business review they have random and people sort of sending message sending challenges in and, and stuff like that but I also listen to uh, adventure sports stories about um, you know, how people over the time have, have built resilience and, and perseverance into a you know it's a really strict discipline of getting better over time mm. um, so you know whatever whatever you whatever rocks you vote really is my answer um, and I'm doing a lot of I'm doing a lot of exploration at the moment into sort of high performing teams mm. um, and what they look like uh, because I think that we really don't in the business world we really don't understand what they look like well um, you know, there's a lot of misuse of the term high-performing teams out there. They think, oh, yeah, we'll just we'll get this sports guru in to talk for five minutes about high-performing teams and everything will be sweet for the next couple of years. Um, I actually think it's, you know, it's, it's around the discipline to play the long game um, and really change behaviours and support behaviours. Coaching, I think before I share with you a couple of actual books. I think coaching is a, a potential massive missing piece in the puzzle. In any high-performance environment, sports environment, and because that's where the, the term comes from, there's one, there's one coach for every five athletes. So in the corporate world, we might have one coach for every 200 employees so that's that's where I think the missing piece of the puzzle is um yeah. so a couple of books I'm reading right now, and it's funny, I've got one right here, so that's that's one of them.
0: yeah, beyond team building, like get Jeff yeah. Yeah? yeah
1: yeah beyond team building i and I, and I love this one because i I consistently use that. that's Patrick Bennci five dysfunction of the team yeah so, um yeah, so whatever you like some I mean some people and and I think there's there's. A time for fiction and um, and nonfiction. Uh, so once again, whatever rocks your boat, find something that, you, that you're passionately trying to get better at and, and look into it. And the great thing about about uh, books right now is you can have them in your you can have them in your hand in, in, in a couple of days. You know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So there there are a couple of books and podcasts that I I currently exploring.
0: I love that. I love hearing what people have listened to or what they refer to because everyone's different, like you said. Um, and when it comes to high performance, I think it's Brendan Burchard looking over at my, his um high performance habits book. Was, okay, yep. um, that was a really good book from my like, individual sort of perspective. Um, and he talks about developing teams, but that was the first time I heard that language. And then once I read that book, I hear it everywhere and see it everywhere. So I'm like, it's obviously a new catchphrase everyone's throwing around. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think I think everyone uh, resonates with uh, resonates with the term. You know, what they want to be high performing. Yeah, they, they want to be seen as high performing. Um, yeah, and some and some organisations are doing a great job of of putting programs in place that support the development of high-performing habits and high-performing behaviours. Other than it's not so much. Yes,
0: a big learning journey. It'll be interesting to see how it all goes in the next set of few years. Um, My final three questions for you, because I'm pretty sure sure I could pick your brain all day, um, but you've got a life. So one of the um, questions I have for you is, what is your empowering quote that you live
1: by? No one cares more about your success than you do.
0: I love that. Do you know who said that?
1: I don't actually know who said it, Ash. <laughs> um, I can potentially do some research and find out.
0: That's right. Um, I'll do that for you. <laughs>
1: um, and just, I'll just share one other thing. is uh, uh, A coach I had a long, long time ago uh, shared with me in a moment of difficulty, he basically said to me, you know, do what you're good at. Find a, find a way to do what you're good at and just do more of it mm. you know, then you'll be, then you'll be recognized and appreciated by more people. Mm. Uh, so that was Steve Martin, not Steve Martin the, uh, not Steve Martin the comedy the comedian. Um, yeah so there are a couple of quotes.
0: Oh, I love that. that's powerful as well. Um, my next question for you is what does empower mean to you?
1: Make people around me better. I love that. Um, so I think we underestimate the influence we can have on others and we underestimate the responsibility we have as a human to, to invest in connection and to invest in the transfer of learning. Um, I think some cultures really do really well in the world potentially some of the more you know, primitive cultures, the, the the village, you know, the, it, takes, it takes a village to raise a child type mentality um, where everybody's taking it, where everybody's having a contribution to how that person is shaped, evolved um, and developed. So... I like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big believer in connection. That's
0: powerful. And you've said that throughout your whole you know, podcast today as well. My last question for you is... If you had to go back in time and go through your life journey again through all your adversity, what's one piece of advice that you would take from who you are today to take back then?
1: Reflect more on what matters. Um, So be more purpose-driven.
0: Powerful.
1: Um, And I think, yeah, and I'm sharing that with you because I think we go through moments in our in our life where we're surviving versus thriving.
0: Yeah. And
1: and we go through that naturally and it's the natural ebb and flow of, of what human life does to us. Um so in the moments of thrive, you know, really challenge yourself to get really clear on your identity and your purpose. And in the moments of survive do what you need to do to get yourself into a spot where you feel that you're comfortable, safe, and um, and at least feel like you're moving forward one step at a time.
0: Yeah, that's powerful because that links in with um I think Tony Robbins quotes and it's if you're if you're not growing you're dying kind of thing. So as much as it might be a little step, as long as you're growing and you're moving in the right direction, you're moving forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a massive believer in a you know, great journey start with a single step, single step forward, um, and then you know, you know, you might go off on a million different tangents, mm-hmm. and it's not at the end of the day, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yes. Um, so you might might be off on a tangent, but you know, appreciate that tangent for what it is. You might meet some great people on that tangent. You, you might have some experiences that are life changing on that tangent. You know, I had a 15 year tangent. Um, You know, but I ended up living in four or five different cultures, learning three three different languages, you know, coming back with a beautiful wife, having two new two boys and, you know, a a wealth of worldly experiences that have shaped me into a a more rounded person um, and probably a more empathetic and a less ego-driven person as well. So, Mm. you know, recognize that every day, these experiences that'll be thrown at you. You're just gonna make the most of them. Mhm.
0: It's all about perspective.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it is all about perspective.
0: Well, they are the final three questions I have for you. Did you have any questions for me since I've just grilled you for about forty minutes?
1: <laughs> um. No. I mean, I'm just, I'm just keen, Ash, for potentially you just to share with your your, your listeners just one thing that potentially uh, consistently drives you to to share these, you know, to share these stories and to search for moments of inspiration, you know, so just what's your, you know, what's your, your motivation behind, you know, sharing these moments of inspiration with others?
0: It it truly came from a place of when I was in my domestic violent relationship. I didn't know what podcasts were or I didn't go searching for people that went through that experience. So I felt so alone. So for me, it now that I know there's lots of other things out there, for me it was starting it to know that there was something there um, like this that could help people because when I was back in that real dark place, I felt like there was nothing like this out there or it was because of my mentality and perspective at the time that I wasn't really seeking it. I was so in this victim mentality mode but I just want to you know, that quote from Gandhi is, be the change that you want to see in the world and in your life. And for me, that's where it comes from. Because this if I had a podcast like this back then, it would have really, really helped me. So mm. instead of wishing for it, I decided, you know what, I'm going to create it. And if I could touch one person through each podcast to come back to me and go, oh, my gosh, that's helped me, it's, it's worth it kind of thing.
1: Yeah, great. Love that. And I think that what what I see you doing is creating a community of of learners or community of of people who, who have have got a shared consciousness and the, potentially a, you know a form of a shared vision that they want to see a better version of themselves. Yeah. And they're taking active steps every day to do it. So great. Keep going. Charge forward. Uh, well
0: done. I know. You just um you can't sit there and complain about the world when you're not doing anything about it. That's how I see it. So my small contribution to this, it might be this small, but I feel like I'm doing something though. I'm I'm taking active action. I don't want to sit back and go, Oh my god, the world could be better when I'm sitting in front of Netflix doing nothing about it kind of thing. Cool. Be proud of what you're doing. Be proud of
1: your contribution.
0: Thank you so much for that. Well, that is all the questions I have for you. I have learned so much from you in just that short period of time. Um, you've also challenged my thoughts on particular topics as well, which I love. I love always being challenged and growing from that aspect. But but honestly, thank you so much.
1: No worries,
0: Ashley. Have a good weekend. Easy. You too. See ya.
1: Thanks. Thank you for listening to this
0: week's episode. Thank you for being you, staying true to who you are and wanting to change your life and taking action by listening to this podcast today we are all here to be better humans and to be kind but remember empower people empower others to be the change that they want to see in the world and in their lives so let's fucking do it